Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again for another Victory Monday. It's the Steelers hangover. It's kind of a deflated one because the Pittsburgh Steelers, for all the strides that they made in the second half of 2022, are not going to the playoffs. Some people are actually excited about that. And Tony wrote an article about that this week, which uh, I kind of agree with Tony on that, and I'll let him talk about that as well shannon white is here gentlemen it's great to see you it is a deflated victory monday shannon what's your knee-jerk reaction from all of week 18 for the pittsburgh steelers well i'm kind of working on it in a the stock report article for tomorrow um you know every year you end your season if you make the playoffs everybody but one Ends in defeat. So you got that bitter taste in your mouth and you imagine what might have been and, you know, you go looking towards the offseason. Unless you win the Super Bowl. Every season that ends with the Steelers, I'm sad because I'm going to miss watching the games. You know, I, I miss that. Even though we have our community and now the NFL season's year-round, but as far as the season goes, um, I'm going to miss the Steelers, obviously. But – this year's different than the last, let's say, 2018, 2017 even. Um, they won their final game. Even though they didn't make the playoffs, they won four in a row. They won seven to nine. They were trending in the right direction. It's something I've been talking about for years now since I've been on behind the store curtain. They have to trend in the right direction so you enter the playoffs on a roll. Had they made it, it was out of their control, but had they made it, they could have been – a tough out. You know, I'm sure the Bills would have much rather played the Miami Dolphins than they would have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, because the Dolphins, you know, they fell in the, the playoffs, whereas the Steelers would have been on a roll. So um, I'm actually very encouraged. I'm, I'm encouraged for the Steelers. Uh, the rebuild has accelerated with the selection of Kenny Pickett and all the young talent, especially on offense, coming together. The defense was rejuvenated and rebounded in the second half of the season. Um, the the coaching, I thought, improved, especially on the defensive side of the ball. So there's a lot to look up, you know, look forward to. And if the Steelers have a fruitful offseason, you know, they could easily compete for the division title next year. They absolutely can. And I appreciate you bringing that up. Tony Defio, so – you got a chance to go to the game and I want to hear about that experience as well, but what are your, let's, I'm not going to go on final thoughts, but what's your knee jerk reaction from everything that happened? Well, I mean, it was high drama in the fourth quarter uh, with the Patriots and bills game going on the jets and the dolphins and the Steelers. They were, they were putting the final touches on the, the Browns game and uh, or on the Browns, I should say. And, and the Patriots uh, fell down by two scores. So it was just up to the Jets, and they didn't get it done. But my knee-jerk reaction to that is, I mean, for most teams, a season comes down to a few plays, and we saw throughout the year, you know, T.J. Watt's injury, Akella Witherspoon uh, failing to come up with that 50-50 ball in week two, uh, uh, Pickett's mistakes. I mean, he was he's obviously a rookie, but his mistakes against Miami, if he, if he finishes off drive against the Dolphins, uh, if they if they hold on to a two score against the Jets, uh, Trubisky's three picks. If he just throws one less pick against the uh, Ravens a few weeks ago, uh, so that's I mean you needed outside help uh, and you didn't get it. 
but it happens when you have to rely on other teams. Sometimes you, you, it, you, it works out for you maybe once every other two times. We saw it last year. It worked out for them. Thanks to the Jaguars this year. It didn't work out for them. But I am encouraged, like Shannon. I'm encouraged. They're, they are trending up. Yeah, they're and they're, you know, if you go to the Browns, sorry, go ahead. No, go finish your thought, Tony. Well, if you go back to that team that lost to the Browns in the playoffs two years ago today or tomorrow, that wild card game on offense, they have nine new players from that team. There's nobody left as far as starters. You have Deontay and Shooks. They're the only ones left. Everybody else has, has changed. That's a lot of turnover in two years. And to expect, you know, these magnificent results and, and to be among the elite in the NFL, uh, that's unrealistic. But you can see promise. You see promise. And you saw improvement over the course of the year. And, and you know, the defense got better. Obviously, T.J. Watt coming back helped. You hope that they can retain some some guys that, that, that are going to help that defense remain, uh, I, I think, a, a a really good to even if, if they can add some new guys, but I mean, I'm encouraged by everything I saw. Uh, you never, I wanted to make the playoffs. I was hoping to make the playoffs. I always wanted to see them make the playoffs. Everybody at Akershore stadium wanted to make the playoffs on Sunday, but they didn't. Um, but at least they ended on a good note and, and there's going to be hope going in, in, into the off season because they have, they have picket, they have pickings. Uh, they have, they have a, a running game. They have an improved offensive line. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the future for them. Yeah, they, it really is exciting for this team. And I love to see what is going to happen. What is going to go on? There are going to be a lot of people waiting to see what happens this week. If you're waiting to hear something on Matt Canada in the next couple of days, I, I would be shocked to see if it happens you're right away. You know, they are, they did the press conference a whole lot earlier than they usually do. They're going to look at everything. My, you know, I could even go 50 50 with this. Uh, I really can't venture a guess. I, I voted yesterday that they were going to go ahead and do it and let him go, but you never know. But one of the interesting things, and it's being brought up already, is, you know, there's a guy like Cliff Kingsbury that's got gotten fired. You're going to see a lot of guys getting fired. Um, and what's going to happen is we're going to go ahead and have all these names come out and we are going to go ahead and hire them. It's, it's what the organization <laughs> wants to do. And it, it's going to be really right. interesting to see what happens, but I'm not holding my breath on that. Everybody knows from listening to me that I would like to see them make a move. I'm very proud of seven and nine, excuse me, seven of nine of the last nine games, but you, that, that two and six can't be overlooked. And so, you know, here we out, here we go. <clears throat> and that's what we're looking at. So let's go ahead and talk more about uh, Tony. You were at the game and your experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I was, I was graciously invited by, by somebody I follow on Twitter. You might know him, Chuck. He's a great guy great family it was it was it was a fun experience and uh they're really cool people so i was happy that, that, that he invited me it was a good time you never you don't always meet, meet people from uh, the internet and you always wonder fantastic guy had a, had a great time uh there were there was some guy about 10 rows behind us that uh passed out and three uh, big paramedics had to come out and carry him out of the stadium so uh that was uh pretty interesting to see but 
overall, it was a good crowd. A lot of, lots of Browns fans there. It was like a college game. Uh, everybody was good natured though. I didn't see any fights or anything. Uh, everybody was having a good time. The Browns were rooting for the Dolphins, but I don't, I mean, the Browns fans were rooting for the Dolphins, so I don't blame them. Uh, but <laughs> I would do the same thing, I guess, if I were in their position, but it was, it was fun. Uh, it, it was a different way to see the game. I hadn't been to a game in five years and it was fun to see everybody rooting for them to make the playoffs. I think at the end of the day, most fans want to see the team make the playoffs because uh, it gives you one more week to hope and, 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 and fast and fantasize about them uh, having this big upset and, and continuing to roll through the playoffs, getting to the next round. So uh, I, I was, uh, I was glad that I, that I went and I was glad that I experienced that. And I probably should go to more games uh, in the near future because I don't go to nearly enough. What, what kind of commute is it for you? For me, it's three hours. What's it? 15 minutes for you? Well, what I do is I, I, I live in Crafton, as you know, and I, I drive to the West End, which is like five minutes away. I park there. I shouldn't give my trade secrets away. I park there. It's free parking. And I, I take a 15, 20 minute walk uh, to, to the stadium. It, it's, it's pretty cool. I walk over the West End Bridge and I'm at uh, Acrisure Stadium in about 15, 20 minutes. It's, uh, it, it sure beats that fighting that traffic and paying for that, the high prices for the parking. I'll tell you that. I recommend yeah. it to everybody, but I, ho- I, hope, uh, I hope it doesn't ruin my, uh, my uh, strategy. No, I mean, I, uh, I, I walked 20 minutes to, uh, you know, pay $65. And so that's <laughs> one of the reasons that, uh, you know, my couch is probably a whole lot more exciting to me. I, I think, Shannon, you're the same way, aren't you? Yeah, we, uh, we've always parked usually on across the river and then walk across the bridge and, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's just a whole lot cheaper to watch it at the house and, you know, get the instant replays and, and then I can act crazy without scaring everybody sitting around me. So it actually works out better. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So let's go ahead and take a look at this. The Steelers are putting a bow on the season, and that's what Mike Tomlin said in his press conference today. And then they're going to go ahead and they're going to make preparations for 2023. And that's what it's all about. We've talked ad nauseum about making strides and you know setting up for what we think is going to be a good 2023, and that's exciting. But 2023 got a whole lot better because we thought it really took a hit yesterday when one Patrick Fryermuth went down. And I got to tell you, that put a pall on a lot of things for a lot of people. (laughs) And knowing that it's just a sprain means there's, it's just a little bit of rehab. It's not a year's worth of rehab. Shannon, when he went down, (laughs) were you freaking? Cause I was. Oh yeah. The, the way he was holding it, you know, anybody's had an ACL injury. Uh, when I seen him go down, I was like, oh no, that, you know, because the worst time to get hurt is in the fourth quarter of the last regular season game, you know, because you're going to miss a portion of the next season regardless. And I was like, oh no, because he's had such a good year and he's developing chemistry with Pickett. So I just immediately imagined the worst. And I was, like you said, it put a damper on it. I mean, I was happy that they won, but I was just like, oh, man. And then to hear when I read that tweet this, uh, today that it was just a sprain of the ACL and the PCL, 
uh, which means, you know, he's, you know, he's got to do some rehab and stuff, but no surgery required. And he should be a hundred percent. I was thrilled. Tony, you and I consider ourselves Steeler historians. I believe it was 2011, the end of that season when Richard Mendenhall had the very same thing happen, but he tore mm -hmm. it and yeah. that kind of killed his career in Pittsburgh and the league. Actually, uh, a year later, it happened. I don't know if you remember. It happened to Heath Miller that the next to last game against the Bengals at Heinz mm -hmm. Field when they got they were eliminated from the playoffs. That's what that kind of reminded me of, because I was up. Oh, you know, nice. we were up in, in in the 500 section, and we couldn't tell. Like my new uh, buddy uh, Chuck and I, we were like, "Is it his ankle? Is it his knee?" Because you couldn't really tell from that from that vantage point. Um, then when you heard after the game that it was a knee injury, you're like, "Uh oh, you know, this could really." Because like you said, it, it was gonna. It was going to go into. It was going to bleed into next year. There was no other way around it. You get hurt the very last. You hit. You get hurt in January. An injury like that. You're not coming back in September. So to hear that it was just a sprained MCL, that was fantastic news. Because, I mean, I'm sure it hurts. But I mean, as far as his long term future, it, it's fantastic news. And you know, I think he's he's going to be something special once they get this offense figured out and. Uh, fully in the in gear if, if Kenny Pickett continues to develop and, and becomes that that guy, Pat Frymuth is also going to become that guy. And uh, I'm just I was just happy and relieved to hear that it was nothing super serious that you know would require surgery or anything in that nature. All right, so I know there's a lot of draft talk going on, but let's uh, can in the uh, live chat. But let's continue to talk about the uh the end of that game because this is the hangover i mean we could go ahead and hit on that and we are going to be doing that like crazy but uh let's keep focus on what we're doing right here and it is how the steelers are going to look next year with who is existing on this team so i want to talk to you all we're going to go around robin here we're going to go around the horn and i'm going to ask starting with shannon who is probably your biggest surprise of the 2022 season as far it could be a newcomer or it could be somebody that's made that jump uh it's hard for me to call him a surprise because i kind of i was hoping but you just never know till you know you get a newcomer in house and uh but mason cole was more than i expected um mason cole is not a guy who's going to wow you with athleticism uh or power but he's just so fundamentally sound. He's such a great communicator. Leadership qualities. If you watch how he's in control of that offensive line, you want your center to be that leader, the captain of the line, if if possible. Um, you don't have to be the best player on the line, but you do have to have that leadership and communication qualities. So to me, Mason Cole exceeded all expectations. They developed to where they could run the ball consistently up the middle and between the tackles. Um, he pulls well. He moves well. Um, I was just really pleasantly surprised that I thought they were getting a mid-level guy with experience on a very friendly contract, which would have been a huge upgrade from what they had last year with Kendrick Green. But I actually think they got a, more than that, and they got a guy who's not too far off from being a Pro Bowl-level center and has that type of potential moving forward because he's a great fit in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you've seen his interview after the game and talking about the teams he played for and, you know, now playing for Mike Tomlin. 
and how that they never lost faith. They, you know, there was never any infighting or fractions within the, the roster and the team. They all stuck together, and he, he gives Tomlin credit for that. And I believe he's a Pittsburgher. I mean, I believe he's a Steeler at heart. And I'm and I'm there's a lot of things they need to work on, but center's not one of them. I think we got a good one in Mason Cole. Tony, is this one of the best years for free agents coming in for the Pittsburgh Steelers and rookies as well? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, uh, you figure, you know, Mason Cole, Daniels, he's he's become a, a, a in many ways, your best lineman. Uh, obviously, uh, um, Larry O had a great year or a good year, anyway. Uh, you have Miles Shack, who's at least dependable. He's not a he's not the player he once was. I think he's back for one more year. And then these rookies. I mean, uh, uh, Connor Hayward, the, the game he had on Sunday, that the way he contributed over the second half of the year. I mean, the guys. You know, people hype up these guys in, in the offseason. You're like, all right, whatever. He's a sixth round pick. But I mean, it's it's uh, it's obvious that this guy has a has a chance to be something special for them, and to, to get to pick up where his big brother leaves off you know, when he does finally hang up his cleats. We might have another Hayward here, being a, a major contributor for the next decade. So, uh, obviously, uh, you know, Pickett, Pickens, Jalen Warren, who's to me my biggest surprise. I mean, you always talk about you know for years we've been hearing about Mike Tomlin's refusal to. Uh, to not run the wheels off of his starting running back. And, and you never thought he would, he would, he would uh, shift from that philosophy. And this year he did, he did with Jalen Warren. I mean, this guy, this guy, I don't know why he was undrafted and the, the live chat's calling it out. You know, they, 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 they were saying it too, but I mean, he, he's went undrafted for whatever reason, but he was really, really productive in college. And when you see him on the field, I mean, he's, he looks like, like he could be a, a complete back. I mean, obviously he's fast. He's a nice change of pace for Najee. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He picks up the blitz. He can block. He does everything. I mean, you see him like, you know, when he, when he blocks somebody, he blocks somebody. He's not just like getting in their way. He's blocking them. Uh, so he's a complete running back. And if something were, were ever to happen to Harris, heaven forbid, you know, I'd feel comfortable with, with Warren as the fill-in for however many games it would be. So it's a very exciting time. You know, like I mentioned earlier, you got nine, young it's a completely young offense but you got nine new guys you got a a promising quarterback uh you know they brought in they had money last year to spend on free agents and then they they brought in some quality guys cole daniels ogan joby uh kazee uh this is this has been you know a, 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 a you know we we also aren't there as far as playoff success super bowl success but you can see hope for the future and you can only take it one off season at a time. And they were really up against it two years ago at this time, but with their cap and everything uh, last year, they were in, in, in much better shape and, and they, they made the moves necessary to, to continue to, to overhaul the roster. And, and now they have, they still have money. They have, they have a plethora of draft picks early on in, in this year. So uh, there's a lot to be uh, hopeful for with this team. So one of the things to look at is, there's some one-year contracts out there and some of these guys that you're hoping is going to return. Look, if you've got more than a one-year contract right right now and you've just been brought in, you know, you can go ahead and deem them. I mean, we've got all these couch GMs that want to go ahead and say, hey, they're too expensive. But really, I mean, they're just not going to cut those guys if they're productive and move them out. A lot of people are concerned about Cam Hayward 
And let me tell you this, Mike Tomlin basically said today in his press conference, that's Cam being Cam. He said, Cam Hayward's still the guy that puts Hayward, Cam Hayward on, on his helmet in camp. And he, he does that stuff. And so that that's just part of his personality. So when he's saying, oh, you know, that depends if they want me back, there, there's nothing going on there. He's not feeling unwelcome in any way whatsoever so that's just some of that's just talk and and cam's done that kind of stuff and said that kind of stuff before but as as far as i'm concerned you go ahead and uh you do what's best for the team and mike tomlin's not going to listen to us they're not going to listen to me and they're not going to listen to anyone else that thinks this is what they should do now as far as everything goes you know you you kind of expect them to go ahead and uh make some moves and make some changes they're gonna they're going to be clearing some cap room and uh and you know they will but there's also dead money involved as well mm -hmm. so you've got to look at who's there a market for now i could say that there's no market for some of these guys but a lot of us were i mean still were shocked and amazed that not only did the steelers get a second rounder they got maximum value for Chase Claypool because now they have the number 32 pick in the draft. I know that it's not a number one pick. I get that because you only get four years on, on whoever you're bringing in. You don't get that, uh, that five years uh, rookie. But essentially, you have something that high. It's going to feel like the value of a first-round pick because you have somebody that good that would have went in the first round, possibly if there was 32 teams picking because of the Miami Dolphins chicanery. Yeah. You know, that's, that's uh, why we're in that boat. So that's absolutely fantastic. And don't be shocked if a lot of people come calling for that pick and you have an opportunity to get a lot of guys for that pick because as soon as that last pick that 31st pick in the nfl drafts over mock drafts come out for round two it's <laughs> and the phones are ringing i remember i can't remember what year it was uh sometimes they blend all together i think it was 2015 and landon collins was still on the board after day one he went first on day two and I believe the Giants ended up trading up for him, if I'm not mistaken. And whoever had the pick at that time, I would assume it was uh, Tampa Bay because they picked first in that draft. They took J Jameis Winston first in that draft. And I think they got some, some other things there. So as far as everything goes... I want to talk about the guys that you definitely think, especially on a one-year contract, need to come back. Tony, I'm going to start with you. Uh, well, Edmonds, he, he he's on a one-year deal, right? Yeah, uh, top number uh, one he, priority. Yeah, he's it's got you got to bring that guy back. You have to. He's young, he's steady, he's productive. Uh, he's never going to be, you know, I guess. Ronnie Lott, whatever, whoever, you know, Troy Palomalu, as far as strong safeties are concerned. But he's a good compliment to Mika Fitzpatrick. And like we always say, not everybody can be a superstar. You know, 
sometimes it's okay to have a career where you're a really good and steady player. So Terrell Edmonds is somebody I definitely they they have to try and they have to they have to reward him for he set up. They can't lowball him like for, they did for last year for whatever reason. They they gave him a deal that was lower than Marcus Allen for reasons that I just can't fathom. So they got to work out a, a really good deal with him this year and, and sign him up for three or four years, however however long they want to do it. Shannon, your thoughts on that too. Well, I wrote the article last week about Terrell Edmonds and why he needs to be signed to a three-year deal. Uh, they could probably get him around $17 million, uh total for a three-year deal, which is, you know, you've got one of the most productive safety tandems in the league. One of the reasons why Fitzpatrick can do what he does is because Edmonds does everything else, and they work well together. They complement each other. Uh, I like Kazee. Kazee, I've, I've tried to explain – is a great deep safety. He broke on that ball yesterday uh, and got that big interception. That is, he has that quality as Fitzpatrick does, but but Fitz likes to play closer to the line of scrimmage. He don't like being a deep center fielder. He's already said that. And the Steelers, you know, that limits his ability and his talents doing him that way. Well, with Kazee, you can put him deep. He's got really good range. And he's way more physical than I expected. So uh, Edwards has to be priority number one. Uh, then you want to take a guy like Kazee. You might could get Okajobi at a, you know, less uh, a friendly contract, maybe a two-year contract this time, because where he has, you know, struggled with injuries all season. That has been a trend of his. Where Edmonds is incredibly durable, Okajobi has a history of nagging injuries. So that might drive his price down. Uh, you got a guy like William Jackson the third. He never even seen the field. You cut him, you save money instantly. Uh, you know, Bush, I mean, he played 10 snaps total last two games, five in both games. <laughs> That's a great sign. He's gone. He needs to be gone. And then we'll just erase that from memory, or I will try to. Uh, Robert Spillane is the guy that I think that has real value He's played 100% of the snaps seven games in the second half of the season. The dude is is fundamentally sound. He you know he gets by because he's so intelligent, and the more comfortable he gets in the defense, the more effective he is. So I think you definitely want to bring him back. Uh, you know, Mark Robertson is probably still going to be another year before he would even be ready to try to start, but he could be part of the rotation and be a big time. Uh, defensive run stopper. The Steelers need an upgrade there in, in the interior linebacker for sure. So they have some clarity this offseason. They they know they need to get younger on the defensive line. They need to improve on inside linebacker, and they need a quarterback one. So that's good because in the last few offseasons, they haven't had that type of clarity that they do this year. So, you know, one thing – I agree with you on Bush because the writing's on the wall when you see something like that. And, you know, if he was making a play to keep his job, then like Edmonds did last year, and they still almost let him let him walk. They let him field offers. He didn't get it. There's a possibility that that he comes back on a minimum contract, but I kind of I I kind of doubt it. But yeah, I see you're shaking your head, Shannon, but it's a possibility. Some people never thought Edmonds was going to come back. 
I really doubt it. I, I think the odds are low. But it's I'm an insult at- to Edmonds to compare him to Bush, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, if, if Bush elevated the play of uh, an all-pro next to him, I would compare them two guys. But Bush brings nothing to the table. He doesn't help any of the other guys be a better player uh, by doing the dirty work. If anything, he's out there trying to avoid contact and getting through this season to get to his next contract. So I'm, I'm best of luck, and I'm hoping it's somewhere else. Yeah, you know, and I get it, and I don't think he is coming back. I'm just saying that if if he's still available and they want to bring somebody in at a rookie minimum, they've done stuff like that before. Mm. So, and now I'm, I'm reading on the live chat. My gosh, the live chat has cut Miles Jack. They've They've cut Marcus Allen. There, I don't know. Did they cut Spillane yet? But uh, I'm I'm almost seeing that they're definitely cutting Bush, and he's gone. You got to have inside linebackers on that team. You cannot cut off your nose despite your face. You can't just cut all of these guys. Uh, so they cut Mitch. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and and uh, I I don't see that happening either. Um, you know, they they may trade Mitch, but. At uh, at ten million a year, I just don't see them cutting it because they get that's dead money, and you need a backup quarterback. So, Shannon, go ahead. I just wanted to say before I forget, and and it's been brought up many times. Uh, Cam Sutton, I'm a big fan. He's a really good cornerback too. He's he's a very system dependent cornerback, and he fits well in the Steelers system, and they take advantage of his versatility and his intelligence. The guy is a very high football IQ. He is not anywhere close to cornerback one, but he's going to get close to cornerback one money is what I'm predicting. And I think that, that the Steelers cannot afford to overpay Cam Sutton when they need a true cornerback one. They got Wallace um, and, you know, you can pick up another cornerback too, substantially cheaper than what I think Sutton will get. So I hate to see Sutton go, but he has a chance to make life-changing money. I hope he gets it because I think he's a great guy and a, and a solid player. But the Steelers do, cannot overspend for him because they got to get that cornerback one. Before we take a break, I'm going to comment on that. Absolutely, Shannon, I agree with you. I love Cam Sutton. I want to see him be a Steeler for life. However, let's go back two years and and bring up this name. And everybody complained after the fact when he was gone, but you could not pay Mike Hilton. Uh And Mike Hilton has done some good things in Cincinnati. You could have not, I mean, helped them on their Super Bowl run last year, but you know, you just cannot, you cannot go ahead and, and uh, pay that money. And he has, he has gotten a lot of attention and he's going to get a lot of attention on the market open market. But if he doesn't, then there's going to be a reunion and there will be a reunion if, if they can afford him. But a lot of people are saying, well, he's not worth that money. No one's worth this money. We want to cut everybody. But the problem (laughs) is you need guys for special teams. You just, you can't have all rookies on special teams. They're specialists. And, each, I, I'm telling you what, everybody, nobody has mentioned it lately. Nobody has mentioned it lately, but everybody who's wanted Derek Watt cut 
They weren't giving his touch touchdown back yesterday. They weren't doing giving his uh, fourth and ones that I think he's had four or five of them this year. They're not giving them back. There's pieces of puzzles for this team. And you have to, it's, it's like, I don't know if anybody plays FanDuel. I play in a league with Jeff Hartman and Dave Schofield. And you get 60000 in in uh, fantasy money every week. And a guy mm. like uh, a guy like Mahomes is $10,000 uh, usually um, if he's playing well. And then you've got guys on the lower end that are about $5,500. You've got a, you can't make a lineup of a Derrick Henry, a Patrick Mahomes, a Christian McCaffrey, a, uh, a uh, Devonte Adams. You can't put them all on the same team because you're going to run out of money in a hurry and you can't field a team. So paying a minimum for a Benny Snell Jr. Or a Marcus Allen or something like that to continue their job on special teams. Yeah, you do it because you have to have low end guys on that team as well. That's just what everybody, everybody does, but let's go ahead. Let's take a break. We will be back right after this for the conclusion of The Hangover. It is a Victory Monday, a somber Victory Monday, but the arrow is definitely pointing up. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back. We are going ahead and doing it right now. We are doing The Hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. Shannon White is with me. Tony Defio is with me. I Shannon Edward White and Tony Julius Defio. Anthony Julius Defio. Um, good to see you guys with us. Only legends get get middle names here on BTSC, and now <laughs> mm. we're calling him Kenneth Shane Pickett. We have no problem with that. And he's always been Trent Jordan Watt. And we started with Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, Najee Mazee Harris. Don't forget that one. And we're going to, we're going to keep adding them. I think the next one to get the treatment, the question is, is who gets the next middle name? And I really think it is George Pickens. What do you think, guys? Do you think that we go ahead and add that middle name for George Pickens? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He has uh, – they posted something online today that said the uh, the connection between Pickett and Pickens, like the quarterback rating for, for Pickett in that regard is like 139 points something. So clearly uh, there's a, a great uh, connection growing there. And, and Pickens is – he was a legend before he came into the season. And, you know, he had his ups and downs, uh, but – he had more ups than he did downs as a rookie, and, and you can see the future is really bright with him. George Malik Pickens. We're doing it. We're adding the Malik. I think it's uh, <laughs> something that it needs to happen because I think he is going to be just as special. And don't forget about another guy, Patrick John Fryermuth, too. So here we go. All right, let's go ahead and uh, you know continue our conversation about uh, – about this roster and where we're looking for next season. And the very first thing before you talk about the draft and who we want for the draft right now is going to change week by week. And you're going to see different mock drafts every single week and things definitely change. 
So I am not going to do it this year and say, hey, they're definitely picking this guy. They're definitely going to pick this position <laughs> because yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't because they have a draft board and they have a different draft board than we do. We don't have a scouting department in our offices here. So I'm just going to go ahead and continue to observe and I can't wait till the draft, but that's a long time away. In the meantime, we need to be talking about free agency, which is not that far away. It's two months away. And do you can now they have about 14 million underneath the, the cap, but do you see them being players for certain positions? Because you've got a new, you've got a new GM this year. You have two new GMs. You've got a two-headed monster at GM in Omar Khan and Andy Weidel. So with that being said, those two gentlemen have been a part of aggressive moves in the last six months since they've, uh, they've basically been on the job full-time or maybe a little bit more than that. And we know that nobody looks for money in the couch cushions better than one Omar Khan. I mean, gosh, in 2020, he brought four free agents in. Well, one was a trade, but he brought three free agents in. Whether you thought bringing in Stefan Wisniewski and Eric Ebron, and who was the other one that they brought in, the first free agent? That, oh, it was Derek Watt. Whether you, whether you thought that was a good pull or not, those were players that uh, and positions that they needed. I thought Wisniewski was actually a pretty good deal, but he got hurt. They cut him and it didn't work. Next thing you know, he's in the Super Bowl, though. So you have you have players like that that uh, they can go find, but with with more money and with knowing that some guys are going to be cut, I don't want to know who because we don't know who right now. But right. what position do you think is more draftable and what position do you feel is more free agent friendly? I'm going to start with you. Who me? I said I, Shannon. But... Name, I, uh, uh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. Sorry. No, but... I, I didn't. I didn't hear who either. I just heard. I'm gonna start with you. So, <laughs> um, as far as free agency, as you said, that makes it tough because we really don't know. Uh, I don't follow it closely until the off season. You know, I, I, I'm funny. The combine is my official starting point. Um, and once I see the combine you have more clarity about, you know, who is going to be a really good option. You know, which position is a cornerback is really deep. Is it, you know, offensive tackle, defensive line. So um, I, I really don't start paying a lot of attention until after the combine. Um, so I'm really not sure. Uh, you know, the old narrative, which I know that you love bad about the Steelers can't recognize cornerback talent and develop cornerback talent um, that, you know, we can't say that anymore because you do have Khan and uh, Weidel. Uh, and so there's a new front office, there's a new scouting department and we know Ike Taylor's part of that. So uh, we got to have faith that if, if there's that, that cornerback one potentially there in the, in the first round, you know, they might try to pull the trigger. Right now, the the cornerback salaries, you know, you're going to use a lot up up a lot of your uh, cap space that they have this year 
if they go for a top cornerback or a top left tackle. Uh, so it would have to be the right situation. What the Steelers did last year with James Daniels, Mason Cole, uh, signing uh, Larry Ogunjobi, guys that uh, were proven experience and quality, but they got them at really team-friendly deals. Um, there's going to be more money. Nobody talks about it, but the Steelers could easily restructure TJ Watt and free up even more money. Um, so, you know, it, it, it'll depend on who's available, who's interested, and then the Steelers will, you know, worry about coming up with the funds by, like I said, doing a restructure with TJ Watt, uh, Hayward, Cameron Hayward. So, uh, right now, I'm I'm really not sure how that how things are going to fall. Tony, let's just look at the history of the Steelers. Who do you think, position wise, is they do better with drafting, and who do you feel they do better in free agency with? Well, drafting, it's no question, it's receiver. I mean, especially since. Well, people go back to 2010 uh, with, with Antonio Brown and Manny Sanders, but I mean, you can go back to Ward and all. I mean, it, it's been it's been, you know, Plexico, San Antonio Holmes. I mean, it's on and on for the last 25 years, really. So, probably receivers something they're really good at. As far as free agency, geez, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, they brought in Ogan Joby last year. I mean, that was a decent signing. Um, Tell you the truth, I I, I can't think of anybody. I can't think of that's a position that they, they do really well at. That's because they, they don't, don't really make big splash plays. Yeah, they don't make big splash plays, so it's hard to it's hard to really pinpoint any one area. Um, I, you know, as far as like recent years, you know, Tyson Alulu was a good pickup for them. Ogan Jobu was a good pickup for them last year. Uh, and he he needs to be back. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and. I think you can, you can get him somebody like that to come back here. You, you know, you, you can get him to buy in. Um, I mean, he's been with what, this would be his, he, this was his third team in what, three years, four years. So you can get him to buy in and come back and make this his home. You know, he's still relatively young. Uh, so, but as far as like traditionally, you know, guys that they, that they, a position that they really are good at signing, it's hard to think of one. I mean, in recent years, really, as far as like studs that they were able to bring in here, I think obviously Joe Hayden was a good example, but he kind of fell under their laps at the end of the training camp. Yeah, he wasn't and, a free agency and, signing. No, not 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 in, the, not in the traditional sense, no. And then, but Stephen Nelson a few years ago was a good pickup for them. So recently, I, I maybe say cornerback, but you're not going to get like Shannon said, you're not going to get a top flight corner in free agency because it's just, it's going to take too much cap space. And now dra drafting with 18th, you know, that, you know, the, the guys you, you can get the number ones, they're going to be, it's, you're right on the cusp of being able to find somebody like that. You know, Marcus Peters was somebody that was drafted around that position, but usually those kind of guys go in the top 10. You know, it's really interesting to see. Um, yeah. To, Shannon White brought up my comment about how, how the Steelers don't draft. Uh, I mean, how I get a little livid when people talk about how the Steelers don't draft well with corners, but we've seen guys go top 10 like Eli Apple and uh, gosh, I can't even remember the one guy that went to Tampa Bay in the last couple of years too. Um, just like there's, it's a crapshoot. And I have a theory about quarterbacks and cornerbacks 
And for any team, it's if you get one of those guys in the late first round, it's a crapshoot. It's almost 50-50 because you really do not know what you're going to get when you're getting the sixth or seventh best of that position. Now, if you get the sixth or seventh best outside linebacker, then yeah, yeah, you're you're still going to do well. Look at TJ Watt. He was probably the seventh edge rusher off the board. Great one, oh three. Thanks for bailing me out, Vernon Hargreaves. I think he went yeah. eighth overall. You know, there's he a was lot a of guys corner that year. In, I don't in the draft. Think, I don't think Jeff Akuda, who went number three two or three years ago, I think it was two years ago, to uh, Detroit. I don't think he's been good. Mm-hmm. Malik Hooker, <laughs> wow, wasn't that great? I just wanted the Steelers to sign to pay for a guy named Hooker. I thought it would be awesome. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted to buy my wife the Hooker jersey. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just thought that would be funny. Uh, she said no. Um, but they, they didn't sign him anyways. I mean, yeah, there, there's a lot of guys. Uh, the Raiders had one. Um, my gosh, I think played for the Colts and the Raiders. I forget exactly who that was, but there, there's a lot of, man, that is really tough to go ahead and get a corner that is great in the first round. Now, I mean, you've got the potential to get those guys. You have the potential to get system guys. You can still get a, a third round corner that's great. You can get one of those guys, but they, it's tough. I think that's one of the toughest to develop. And we've seen this, you know, with quarterbacks. That's another thing. You don't want to be drafting your first quarterback at number 28. I know the Steelers drafted one late. Verdict is still out, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, they drafted him at 20, but I think he's a franchise quarterback, and Mike Tomlin does not like to talk about franchise quarterbacks, as he said on the press conference today. Uh, Myrna Jaden Burt mentioned Sauce Gardner. Yes, for every Sauce Gardner and Jalen Ramsey, there's a William Jackson III. There's a Vernon Hargraves. There's an Eli Apple. There's, There's guys like that. So... With that being said, it's it's going to be really interesting. Uh, you could possibly get a Joey Porter Jr. there. And if you can, it seems like it would, would be a great idea because he's a good cover corner. But how does he translate to the pros? We don't know yet. Shannon. I just wanted to mention, you know, you're making some excellent points. One of the things that they can, you know, quarterback and cornerback, it's personality. It's mental acuity. It's, uh, you know, can they handle, you know, a cornerback's out there and, you know, they're if they're a top corner, they're up there challenging the best athletes, some of them in the world, every play. And, you know, will they go in a shell if they get burnt? You know, or do they rebound? Do they have a short-term memory loss is what I like to say for a cornerback, which you don't want that for your quarterback because he needs <laughs> to learn from his mistakes. Whereas a quarterback has to have that unshakable confidence to bounce right back and get up there and challenge that guy at the very next play. And you don't know that if that guy has that until you get him in-house. Because, you know, we've seen Artie Burns. When everything was going pretty good, he was okay. But once he started to struggle, 
he went in the shell and, and he never has recovered. So, you know, um, uh, Edmondson for the uh, Browns yesterday, uh, you know, there's the third or fourth round pick. Uh, Mathis, the young cornerback out of Pitt who went to the Broncos, there's your fourth round guy. Those are guys that have the dog in them and you see them compete and, and they have a short-term memory and they get right back up there and go at it again. Uh, that was a quality like Taylor had in abundance when he played. So that's what makes cornerbacks so hard to evaluate and, and you know, and draft. Uh, because like you say, you don't know until you get them in house. So the topic for this show tonight was Steelers putting on bows and preparing lists. We talked about both things. We don't know how they're going to put the bow on this season completely. They're doing it right now, and they're doing it as we speak with those exit meetings. And it's going to be interesting who's coming back, what coaches are coming back. Brian Flores is going to be interviewed by the Cleveland Browns. And a lot of people, I mean, gosh, we were talking about this today on our Slack channel. It's like, hey, would you block that? No, you would never block that. And you're not going to block that because if he wants to go, you let him go. But if you have a relationship where a guy like that wants to stay and build something here in Pittsburgh, and uh, he could be a head coach in this league next year. And if that's something that happens, the Steelers get a couple third round picks. If he stays an extra year, it's not after this year, he's got to be with us two years. So there's some interesting things to see. We're going to see what's going to happen with Matt Canada. We're going to see who's going to depart, who that who they want to stick with. You're going to make decisions on guys like Akello Witherspoon and Levi Wallace, who I thought Levi Wallace really came in. I thought Levi Wallace did an Akello Witherspoon from last year at the end of the season. Mm. Uh-huh. Yep. I thought he really put things together. So, you know, I can't wait, and I can't wait to see who they add in May, and we're going to definitely be talking about that. And speaking of adding in May, you know, we're a family here. We're a live chat family. We're a BTSC family. Jennifer says my son and his wife are expecting in May. We have a new Steelers fan coming. If you do, Jennifer, you've got to do what I did with both of my children. Within a couple minutes into their lives, they were wrapped in terrible towels, and I made the hospital do two official pictures, the beautiful dress and the ducky outfit that my wife picked out and the terrible towel pictures. So we, I insisted on <laughs> two and they, they went ahead and obliged me because that's something that needs to happen. And it's a great, it's the best month to be born. So, she, so that kid's got some, a great future. Tony Julius Duffio was born 50 years ago in May. Is that that's true? Right. So if it's May 12th, it's May 12th, that kid is a great future. So let's hope for that, <laughs> Jennifer. Okay. Congratulations. So all Tony's doing is he wants everybody to put his birthday on on their <laughs> calendars so they can give him shout outs well, and send him cards and that's, gifts. That's pretty, that's pretty true. <laughs> <laughs> Outside Steeler fan says KZ was pretty relevant most of the season in secondary. Yeah, when he was was back in here he made it i thought he made in he made a uh, huge huge splash as well so 
there you go. It looks like people are touting up 1972. I'm a 71 guy myself. Shannon's a 70 guy. Uh -huh. So we've got 70, 71, and 72. Uh, collectively, we're really old. But if you want to hear <laughs> young guys, you want to hear young guys, check out Jeffrey Benedict tomorrow on the cutting room floor. Check out even younger guys, Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts on the fix as they do some final coaching grades as well it's going to be they're going to be some really good shows um with that being said it's time to get on out of here thank you for everybody it has been a uh it has been an interesting season it has been a uh one of those seasons where it's been up and down it has a season that has my dogs barking in the background um i've hmm. grand puppies visiting right now too so there's more <laughs> there's more barking going on um it's a zoo at my house or a kennel let's just let's yeah. just say that um jennifer gave them a tj watt onesie for christmas that's awesome i'm 51 jennifer get me a tj watt onesie i would wear it i think that'd be <laughs> awesome we'd love to see it <laughs> uh, oh, no, no. oh i could i could pull it off better no, no, no. all right so uh check out all those shows keep on with us look this season is over the 2022 season is over but you're doing yourself a disservice if you're moving away from BTSC. Stick with us. You're going to learn things every single day. And we're going to throw in some nostalgia here on The Hangover in the offseason as well. And it's going to be a whole lot of fun. So whatever you need, it's build your own BTSC and have a lot of fun with it. So just when you think you've got all the answers, my man, Tony Defio. We keep changing the questions. Shannon Dada, take it home. Woo! Woo, indeed. Uh, the trio out. <laughs> <laughs>